Hello and welcome to Esker Live. I am Matt and I will be helping moderate today's live stream. We are streaming from Madison, Wisconsin and are always looking for interaction from the audience. So feel free to tell us where you are viewing from by dropping it in the comments. Uh, today, our presenters are Joanna Honore and Chris Morris. Both are business development managers here at Esker. Uh, today's topic is a great one. It's five account payable KPIs you should be measuring. Uh, so they will be discussing the importance of KPIs from how and what to measure and the best practices for improving them. Uh, finally, as a reminder, if you have any questions throughout the live stream, please drop them in the comment section below and we will address any questions we get at the end of the presentation during our Q&A section. So without further ado, Joanna, Chris, take it away. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Joanna Honore. I'm a commercial business development manager at Esker. Been with the company about six and a half years. Um, focused primarily on solutions that service uh, the functions on the procure to pay side of the cash conversion cycle. But I feel like I could be pretty dangerous on the order to cash side as well. Um, but anyway, I'm happy to be here. I always enjoy working with uh, folks that are innovative and are finding new ways to be efficient within their organizations. So I've been privy to a lot of projects with organizations of all sizes and municipalities of all sizes. So uh, thanks again for joining us. And I am Chris Morris. I'm happy to be here. I've been with Esker for almost two years now as an enterprise level business development manager. Um, before my time here at Esker, I spent roughly 10 years in public accounting and private industry in various accounting and financial roles, and another um, roughly 10 years in um, consulting services or selling consulting services in the accounting and finance space. Uh, the topic today is a good one. It's going to be super riveting. I hope you guys are excited to be here. Um, we're going to talk about some specific KPIs, which is what we're seeing in the market and uh, give you guys some things to think about for your organization. Yeah, so we're gonna start with discussing the importance of KPIs kind of in general. Um, if you're not sure what a KPI is, it's um, metrics, metrics that are indicating um, and allowing you to understand the pulse of what's going on in your business under the hood. So they measure what the effect of your employees' efforts are, how well your people and the businesses are performing, um, as well as where improvements are often needed. Um, they can transform vague or unknown variables into statistical data <laughs> um, that offers you accurate depiction of process efficiency. So what can not knowing these things cost you? Money, obviously, time, good people. Um, and you can't get any information from measurements if you don't know, you know what to measure. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and even worse, you know, if you're measuring the wrong things, your data could lead you down a path that really ends up hurting the company. And obviously, you don't want to do that. So uh, we're talking about which AP KPIs you might consider tracking, why they're important, as well as covering what we've seen and heard uh, from Chris and I's experience in the market. So uh, what are we hearing in the market? Let's start there. Um, most organizations that are tracking KPIs are doing so relatively in the following areas, maybe for financials cash activity, lines of credit, receivables, payables, that's what we're talking about today, and payroll. Operationally, 
equipment utilization, bid tracking, job completion, scheduling, productivity, those sorts of things. Um, so in these areas of focus, KPIs being tracked are monitoring company health, analyzing patterns, obviously solving problems, tackling opportunities, measuring progress for AP. This could mean you're seeing how long AP specialists are taking to perform essential duties or daily tasks, um, how they perform when added tasks interfere with daily tasks, uh, how much spend you're dedicating to a specific area of the business, efficiencies in certain, certain departments, um, how they're efficient they are with receiving goods and services in those departments, um, the systems and internal processes involved, how much they cost, so on and so forth. So, Chris, what are you seeing in your research and out in the marketplace in this regard? What I'm seeing is just, you know, cash is still king. We've said it for a long time, right? And in this day and age with social media and all the different abilities we have for information, transparency is, is so critical. Mm -hmm. uh, and having the visibility to that cash movement uh, as we gone through the pandemic um, with supply chain issues and everything that's come along um, with that uh, vendor happiness is critical. Transparency to how your people are doing is critical. Of course, expense, um, watching expenses and watching cash are critical, but it's it's those the, the softer side of things, making sure people are happy in their jobs, making sure your vendors are happy because they're hard to come by in this day and age. And frankly, with the unemployment being so so incredibly low, you got to make sure you're keeping those people happy and in the seat, uh, and and feeling that they're valued and what they're doing is valued. And so, this importance of KPIs is not only how you financially can um, improve your business, but also the other pieces of it that are that are honestly just as important, right? And so when I'm out in the market and talking with my um, prospective clients uh, and current clients, it's um, they're really just concerned about keeping, keeping good people. Right. Um, unemployment is just, it's so incredibly ro ro low right now that um, that's something that they're very focused on as well as just um, as always cash management. Sure. So in that regard, who in the organization leverages KPIs? Let's talk about kind of the cast of characters. Um, who might we start with, right? Um, Chris and I in our organization, we have a tendency to discuss what we call the five golden metrics. And that is used to engage with our customers about where they are now compared to where they want to be and, and what the value is behind that. So the questions are, how do you measure it? What is it now? Where do you want it? What is the value of the difference? And what is the value over time? And talking through these things really help our customers understand kind of what the solution is going to help them track much faster uh, with more precision and essentially, specifically with an esker with AI to assist with those analytics. Um, but just starting by asking yourself those five questions really can be pertinent to understanding what's realistically measurable now what you need to work on and uh, perhaps gain even more insight into. But the problem could be, what, what if you don't know how to even answer that first question? How do you measure it? Because you don't, maybe you just don't measure that right now or it isn't accurate because whomever is measuring it 
has decided what that metric consists of. And everybody just kind of goes along with it. Um, let's start with who it should start with. The folks that should be making those decisions about what metrics to track are the ones that are typically most concerned with outcomes, those specific outcomes. Therefore, it should be business leaders, decision-making uh, status roles, and folks with comprehensive or overarching um, knowledge and views of the business. Department managers should be tracking their departmental KPIs um, that are more drilled down and specific to their category. So executives should be seeing more of the broader data. Customer acquisition, sorry, customer acquisition costs, sales by product, profit margin, um, things like that. So those sorts of things should be able to be displayed on like a dashboard um, and quickly evaluated. Real time, right? Real time mm -hmm. <laughs> or near real time if yeah, you can. Would be, would be helpful, yeah. <laughs> um, and they're not typically very quickly actionable items, but they give an accurate read to the pulse of the business. Um, departmental KPIs, however, are typically more actionable kind of turn those into more of an initiative more quickly. So like in, in AP, day, days payable outstanding, payment errors, percentage of suppliers using early, early pay discounts, um, things like that. So we're going to talk about five that we feel are really important in just a second. Uh, but you should at least be starting to get an idea of kind of where the KPI should be coming from, um, who should be tracking them, why they're important. So let us know in the comments if you're just if it's not making sense to you, because we can we can take it offline and, and get you a little bit more information. Joanna, Joanna, the thing that you know, I also when you asked me about what I'm seeing in the market is just um, people are really busy, right? Mm -hmm. And like I had mentioned, the idea of of having limited uh, or such low unemployment is just simply having the time to collect all of this information. Mm -hmm. And so you can talk about. Um, who's going to use these KPIs. But at the end of the day, some of the stuff we're hearing is, uh, I don't have time. My people don't have time to go figure this out. Yep. Yes, the information is there, but we have to go find it. Like we, we, we know we're there, we have it. It's just, what is an easiest way to get to that calculation? So there are, like you said, the cast of characters, um, basically anybody, I was thinking about that question is anybody can use a KPI. You can, as an AP specialist, you want to know which vendors you're having issues with. Okay, that's something that can be looked into. Manager, you can see who's processing slowly. Maybe there's somebody you have to work with a little bit more on their processing. But um, when we're taking a look at uh, just, it's, it's everyone sees the importance. It's just who's actually taking the time, where is that information, and, and do we actually have time to do it? Right. right. Let's talk about that a little yeah. more. Why, why aren't more organizations taking advantage of metrics. Um, obviously, anybody that has tried to manually collect metrics knows it's a tedious task. It's frustrating. It's It can be so overwhelming trying to figure out what systems to, to compile information from and how to present it in a valuable way. Um, so it's lack of alignment a lot of times among internal groups, disagreement on what is most important, lack of accountability. Um, those can be major factors as to why people don't start collecting metrics. Um, and honestly, it can be eye-opening, sometimes a little scary even to know the answer to the, the question that's looming, right, when these metrics are being gathered. So all of those reasons are reasons that it, it can be, you know, a daunting task to start. 
But when you're constructing these metrics, you need to ask yourself, am I only measuring past success or are the indicators I'm focused on also forecasting the future, right? So we, we learn from our past, but we make decisions based on our future. So if you're only measuring trailing or lagging indicators, AKA the results, you only know what happened, not why, right? So you also need to incorporate leading indicators that reflect desired outcomes and events that are uh, leading up to those things. So we're gonna talk again, we'll, we'll talk about five of those today, incorporating both kinds of indicators. And because you do need a healthy mix of both, um, we're gonna focus on cost to process an invoice, average time to process a single invoice, invoices processed per day per full-time equivalent, invoices linked to a PO, and invoice exception rate. Those five KPIs we feel are very important to start tracking um, in AP. So let's start with cost to process a single invoice. What does this metric typically entail? So how are you measuring it? You want to include FTE wage benefits, overtime, temporary hires in their overhead, systems involved, time it takes, percentage of invoices that require approvals and workflow, average number of approvers involved in their costs, the time it takes to scan the invoices and the cost to archive them. That's a lot. <laughs> and I'm guessing a lot of you probably don't know the answer to all of that. You'd have to dig a little bit for that. But that is such an important metric to know because that's a benchmarking point. That tells you, is that okay? Is that, am I okay with this? Do I need to lower it? Typically, you know, our customers want to get their, their cost to process a single invoice lower. Yeah. Chris, let's talk about what numbers we're seeing in the market right. and, and kind of what that means. So we're going to be referencing some figures uh, throughout the conversation today. Um, specifically, one of the groups that um, we're referencing is Arden Partners. Uh, they're a research and advisory firm focused on defining and advancing the supply management strategies, process, and technologies that drive business value and accelerate organizational transformation. The reason why I even read that off is just to be clear, these aren't um, specifically from Esker, they are from an outside source. Um, it's, it's pretty sizable to see what the difference is with automation versus, or best in class versus little. Um, in 2021, our partners had said that with little to no automation, it roughly, cost an organization um, um, $11 to process an invoice. Um, with automation, uh, like a platform like Esker, uh, it roughly is two, a little over $2, $2 and a quarter. And so you can sizably see what automation can do in that particular space. There's something too when you mentioned things to consider, and I keep coming back to this, costs for a single invoice Think about if you if you could bring automation in and reduce temporary services that you're having to leverage. I mean, it's a quick, if you have um, some decent automation in place, you can quickly see a return um, from it um, just by looking at a couple of factors that make up that cost. The other thing I was thinking about, Joanna, is just a cost of storing. We talked about archiving, but space for files that you have on your floor. Yeah. the money you're spending on just simply storing paper. Mm -hmm. uh, that alone can save you quite a bit of money when it comes to processing an invoice, right? Right, I mean, we've heard of a lot of organizations over the pandemic moving to more of an e-archive simply because they didn't want people touching paper, right? Yeah. 
Um, so kudos to those of you who did that. But for those of you who have not, you know the pain of the, the cost behind a manual archive and, and keeping those those documents and files stored somewhere for any number of years. And, what, and I also take these facts uh, with a little bit of a grain of salt because in this day and age, most organizations have some sort of automation, right? That's true. And so I think when you take a look at these statistics, it's typically you're looking at all or nothing. And organizations are like, well, I'm not going to see that kind of return. I already have automation in place. Yeah, that's completely fair. I'd say make take a more of a conservative approach to this calculation then and look at it and say, maybe, maybe it is only costing us $8 right now per invoice. You still have room for improvement, right? And there can be ways to add an additional automation that maybe you haven't thought about, right? That's a great point. All right, we'll move on to our second metric, time to process a single invoice. So to measure this metric, you'll want to include the time it takes to scan and enter the invoice data into your system, how long the PO matching or approval workflow takes, and then how long it takes to make the payment. This is an important one because time is money. Again, we've said that a couple times now, as we all know, and if you're not processing invoices quickly, you could be missing out on potential early pay discounts, which is free money, or end up paying um, suppliers late, so, which can entail late fees. So, and additionally with supply chains having been in peril for, for quite some time now, Chris, you mentioned that earlier, it's important to maintain a healthy and happy relationship with your suppliers so you can remain or even become a priority of theirs. So um chris why else might organizations want to track this metric specifically and what are some numbers that we're seeing out there in the market so i look at this metric in a time right so if you have your employees working on incredibly tedious manual processes uh, and they're doing this day in and day out and they feel the value they're bringing to the organization is i'm just doing these manual processes if you can reduce the time they're spending on these manual processes or um, finding all this information to process the invoice. Think about what else they can be doing. Uh, the value add that they can bring to the organization and simply their happiness, keeping them doing the job because they don't, they feel like they're actually bringing value to the organization and the role they're doing um, is, is, a, is a solid one, right? So uh, to come back to um, statistics, uh, our, partner, our partners had mentioned uh, with little to no automation, it takes roughly 12 days to um, process an invoice. With automation, best-in-class automation, you're looking at about 3.3 days, which is 73% faster. That's that's a pretty, pretty big margin. <laughs> so think about what your people, if you have the capability of calculating this, uh, which automation, like we're going to talk about later, can help you with, you can quickly find time for them to be doing other things. Or the other way to look at it is if they can do more with their time as you scale and grow as an organization, you're not having to add that headcount, right? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Our third metric that we're going to focus on, invoices processed per day per full-time equivalent, right? Full-time employee. This metric is really important and it's pretty easy to calculate uh, because it can tell you how efficiently your team is performing, really and uh, where the bottlenecks in the process might be. So it can give you an idea of what specific duties are more time consuming, perhaps uh, what suppliers are, are causing the, the process to get gummed up um, and, and making the, the FTEs, giving them a little more headache. So 
Um, Chris, what kind of numbers are out there in terms of this specific metric and, and the effect that automation tools might have on that? So these statistics actually come from the IOFM. Um, with no automation, roughly they're saying about 10, oh, a little over 10,000 invoices per FTE on average, but with automation, you're looking at almost 15,000. So you're looking at an increase of about 70% when it comes to having automation in place. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're gonna look at invoices linked to a PO next as a metric. Um, we wanted to talk about this one specifically because more organizations are really moving to a no PO, no pay model. And they're doing this to reduce risk, increase processing speeds, and reduce rogue spend. So companies need to have an understanding as to how they measure up in order to benchmark where they'd like to be, right? Additionally, if PO matching itself involves delays and bottlenecks, you might like to know how many invoices are going to be kind of subject to these potential issues down the line and maybe look for new ways to improve the PO matching process. So Chris, kind of what are you seeing out in the market for averages right now? What can folks do to increase the amount of invoices linked to a PO while removing PO matching barriers? In 2020, our partners had mentioned the market average was roughly 44% uh, with high levels of auto and then without automation and with high levels, you're at roughly 80%, which again, that's a sizable, sizable um, difference. When I think about the PO, uh, the PO process and OPO, it also comes down to you'll quickly begin to see too, like uh, maybe there are standard processes that you have in place for building PO. Maybe there are issues with the individuals that are building those POs. You're spending a lot of time tracking down exceptions in dealing with, and the more you can move um, non-PO over to PO, um, depending on the automation you have in place, there's just a lot that can be determined, um, not only on the front end who's building it, but then yeah, having to go track all of it down, it saves your, saves your people a lot of time not having to go run around for that stuff. We're seeing also that a lot of times when organizations were building out their tool set, they maybe found the ERP was somewhat lacking in PO creation or purchase requisition creation perhaps, and they looked to other systems outside of their ERP, right? We're finding now that some of those systems aren't making it very visible across the board. They're not reporting back to the ERP system, perhaps, and, and things are really not communicating the way they need to be. So although moving to a, a no PO, no pay model is is the is going, you know, it is the trend now and, and is going to be increasing, sometimes folks are looking at the PO portion of it as a barrier. We get that. Um, what can you do to remove those barriers? What can you do to speed up the PO process, right? And I think a lot of that has to do with the information you have in your system to begin with, your relationship with your suppliers, and then any system that you're using for creation of those POs and how it communicates with your ERP system to gain that visibility, right? Mm -hmm. So really looking at the systems that you're using how they're communicating and maybe what barriers those present before even looking at your people and what kinds of bottlenecks um, that can present itself. 
Chris, any insight on that? Have you heard the same kind of thing out in the market? Yeah, I really have. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really what it comes down to with PL is just control of budget and spend. Yep. And the more you can move uh, purchase requisitions on PR or into a POS situation, it just really gives you uh, more control of where your money is going and um, yeah, gives you the visibility you need to that spend. All right, last one we're going to cover today is the invoice exception rates. And I know this presents a lot of headaches for a lot of people. Um, you know, how often, what percentage of invoices are having to be routed for exception handling? How long does that take? How, what does that all entail? What else should those people be doing? <laughs> so if you have a team dedicated to exception handling, could they be repurposed for uh, more strategic activities like, like Chris was talking about before? Um, so Chris, what should organizations be aiming for here? What kind of metrics are they looking to achieve? So typically what we're seeing is without automation, um, you're seeing roughly 25%. So one in four invoices has an exception. Whereas if you have um, best in class automation in place, you're looking at roughly 10% uh, exception rate. And the thing with it is, is um, when you have that automation in place to help manage exceptions, um, without it, it, it just, it's, it's very time consuming if you think about it, because if you have automated workflow in place that can quickly manage quantity issues and pricing issues, where you can be doing all of this work in one place versus email and running things down and trying to track down reasons and this and that, again, it's a, it's a big headache. It's, it's frankly a waste of time. And there are, there are quick and easy ways to be able to manage this through, um, through automation. So how does technology, let's wrap it up here. We're, yeah. we're getting to the end of our time. Yeah, <laughs> how does technology help with this? Um, let's say you want to leverage an automation solution like, like Eskers perhaps to assist you with tracking and managing KPIs. What does that look like? And why would you want to go that route? Um, well, we would tell you to go that route regardless, but <laughs> as you heard us talking about automation tools provide you with a much better insight into the metrics. And what are they doing to accomplish that? Why can't people do the same thing? Truth is, to be completely transparent, right? There's no human error involved in the decisions that automation tools are making. And the speed at which tools can track, compile, and present the data is unmatched by humans. It's just a fact. Additionally, automation tools can grab data from many different places at the same time, where you would need multiple people, which is more costly, to do the same kinds of things. So Chris, Let's wrap it up with what other value does automation provide in this process and why should organizations look to these tools to optimize their business? So, to, so today we're here, we're focused on the process, you know, P2P or um, procure to pay or AP process, right? And when I look at automation in this space and tools like an Esker, um, you're getting real-time information with reporting that's built specifically for you that quickly collects you know, best of breed systems like Esker pull all of that information you would spend all that time trying to track down. Maybe you get some reporting out of your ERP, but this is very specific to those processes. And so when you bring in an automation, uh, a platform like Esker, you're going to quickly see the real time information. You're going to be able to drill down into those areas and quickly focus on what you want. 
platforms like Esker and automation um, that's out there right now, you have at your fingertips the ability to manage all of these processes incredibly well. And so you're not spending all of this time trying to figure it out. It, it's done for you. You know, and, and it only can bring efficiency to your processes and visibility. All right. So we got a couple minutes for some questions. Yes. Yeah. First of all, just wanted to thank you, Joanna and Chris, for speaking today. Uh, yeah, we got a couple questions here, so we can do a little Q&A here. If anyone is, for those listening, uh, if you haven't entered a question yet and you have one, Feel free to keep entering them if you want, uh, and, and we'll make time to answer them. But here is uh, the first one. So, uh, if we're not measuring all of these KPIs, is there one that you that you would consider most important and should implement first? Good question. That is a good question. Hmm. Let's see. I think I would say invoice exception rate is pretty high on the list purely because it sometimes can gum up the process for days if there if you have a buyer reaching out to a supplier um, to figure something out that happened or why they added tax why they added freight so on and so forth um, that can sometimes take days especially if people are on vacation or, or uh, you know taken out of the process for some reason so for me personally that would be one of the top ones that i would start with I go with number two that we talked about is time to process a single invoice. Um, the reason why I personally see that as a critical one is just if we can, if we can take back some of that time, um, a lot of organizations really don't know how much time they're spending on processing. I feel like time and time again, when I, in my conversations, when I first meet with these organizations, a lot of them don't, don't calculate it. They know they're spending a lot of time. It's just how much. And I think, when you can see a hard number as to what you're doing and benchmark it against what's out there, you're gonna quickly see um, where your your people could be spending more of their time. And frankly, you know, those efficiencies which are losing you money. Yeah. Right. I mean, Love these it. are the top five. Of right. I mean, you really can't go wrong. These are just, these are, these are just <laughs> our personal favorites. Fair enough. It's so kind of like- say do the five. <laughs> yeah, right. Whichever one sounds best to you. Yeah. <laughs> No, all right. Uh, so next question we've got, uh, if we used Esker, uh, are these all KPIs, like default reporting in the system? Can they create custom reporting? How does that work? Yeah, so these are all default reports in Esker system. You, it, right now, as of now, you get about 45-ish uh, canned reports or reports that come with the AP solution. But all of the reports are editable. Uh, the reporting tool itself that we use is uh, one that can be that is used by our customers to create their own reports as well. So, um, kind of across the board, you have access to all of this information. What customers have told us is that um, one of their favorite pieces um, of the platform is when you come onto the landing page. The first thing you see is um, metrics, KPIs reporting things that you things are most important for you for that day so you're going to quickly see not only what you want to see based on how you built it you absolutely can go in um, there's a nice there's a, a wizard for building out custom reporting 
But the nice thing is, is as you get onto the landing page and you look at these different graphs, you get, you have the capability of quickly drilling into the why, right? And so that's KPI, KPIs are great, um, but you got to understand the why behind it, right? And so what the platform does, best in class um, systems like Esker is gives you that capability of quickly drilling into the issue, or maybe something's going really well and you want to figure out why as well. So Anyways, yeah, it's 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 why people come to um, a platform like Esker. All right. And then we've got PO related here. Uh, people in my business say using POs just slows down the ordering process. What would you say to that? I mean, for me, it, it makes sense if you're not involved, perhaps, on the invoicing side. <laughs> because that's where all the approvals are happening. They're happening on the front end before the countdown starts for the invoice needing to be paid. So the, it, yeah, sure, it, it does gum up the front end, but at least it's not gumming up the back end, right? When that clock starts ticking for you to get that invoice paid. It can slow things down a little bit, it absolutely can. But there's a lot of value that comes with it because it gives you to be able uh, the ability to track that spend. And, and, and there are probably ways that every organization could work on their standard processes around how POs are created, right? Um, from a from an Esker perspective or a platform perspective, it's made pretty easy for that non-direct or that non-strategic spend to quickly push through requisitions um, through approval to, in essence, build out a PO. Uh, automation does bring value to that process into making it really easy to get the approvals and control that spend. And forcing the communication uh, right. between systems, right? right? So like I said before, oftentimes there have been uh, PO systems that are just disparate. They don't speak to any other system well, and you lose control and visibility. So what solutions like Eskers do is tie the communication back in. We can talk to those systems and tie mm -hmm. it back to the ERP so that you do get that control and visibility back. Yep. Okay. Great. Uh, well, that seems to be it for questions. Uh, again, I just wanted to thank the speakers, Joanna and Chris, for joining today's live stream. Uh, please keep an eye out for our next one in September. We do try to do these monthly, so keep an eye out for that. And yeah, just wanted to give a big thanks. Have a great day. Thanks, thanks guys. everybody.